Welcome to Footnotes, created by Francis Garrett, a professor of Buddhist studies at the University of Toronto, with Tony Scott, a PhD candidate in Buddhist studies at the University of Toronto. Footnotes is a series of short lectures and research in the field. Each episode features an article or book chapter from an academic book. We aim to make topics of Buddhist studies research freely accessible to students and the public. Welcome to another edition of Footnotes. This is Tony speaking. Today, I will be talking about the article No Mind, a Zen Buddhist perspective on embodied consciousness, published in the journal Dance, Movement, and Spiritualities. The author, Asuka Sakuta, is a PhD candidate at the University of Chichester in the UK. Working in both the Department of Dance and the Department of Sports and Exercise Science, Sakuta focuses on the intersection between meditation, Eastern philosophy, and dance as a somatic practice. The article I will be discussing today reflects this focus, as Sakuta draws from the tradition of Japanese Zen Buddhism to explore the idea of developing a deeply embodied consciousness during movement of the body. By examining three traditional forms of Japanese somatic performance, Sakuta will unpack the phenomenology of movement and awareness in an attempt to show the relevance and validity of Eastern philosophy in the light of modern science of the mind and consciousness. For this installment of Footnotes, we have a special musical selection of Nat, or spirit worship music from Myama, also known as Burma. Like the Kami and Shinto, Nats are spirits or demigods usually associated with aspects of nature, such as trees, rivers, or mountains. But there are also 37 great Nats who were once human beings and sit atop the hierarchy of such spirits. While Nats are not technically a part of Theravada Buddhism, they also cannot be separated from it and have been assimilated through ritual and story into the Burmese Buddhist worldview. The song selected here was recorded by Lorenzo Chiarfonte, an ethnomusicologist from the School of Oriental and African Studies at the University of London researching Nat Pue, or spirit ceremonies. In the ceremony recorded here, donors who have sponsored this particular ritual are heard dancing and clapping their hands to please the Nats being propitiated. In this clip, Master Chi Lin Bo and his Nat Sang Ensemble from Yangon perform Shui Bione Nui Bione, a modern and extremely popular Nat Tachin or spirit song. If you too wish to dance along and clap to please the Nat spirits in the tree outside your home or as you walk and listen to this footnotes in the park, you will surely be in good company. Sakuta begins her article by introducing us to the concept of deeply embodied, transcendent experiences that occur in dance and other moments of bodily movement. As she is taking a phenomenological approach, which means the study of how one subjectively experiences the world, Sakuta's central focus is consciousness and how consciousness is transformed through the awareness of one's body, or of one as body, brought about by dance and other forms of movement. Indeed, using the work of several scholars in the field, Sakuta argues that dance is an especially visceral moment where one can become intimate and in touch with one's consciousness, even to liberate it, as when moving the body, one's intentions, emotions, perceptions, sensations, and we might add, past traumas and fears for the future, 
come to the fore and harmonize in the effortless motion of dance. This kind of harmony is what Sakuta means by deeply embodied consciousness, where the artificial barriers between body and mind themselves collapse and one explores the world at a level that transcends such psychophysical binaries and the conceits they create. Such a transcendence leads to what Sakuta calls a somatic spirituality, which foregrounds the experience of being in the world as an embodied, conscious individual. In this mode of thinking, the supposed objective perspective of science and logic gives way to a subjective way of knowing both the world and the self, especially as the self is wrapped in multiple layers of consciousness that can be unraveled and traversed when in motion and lost in dance. Part of the reason dance is so well positioned to unravel the layers of consciousness that envelop us is because of its ability to shed light on the ineffable, in the words of Sakuta. Ineffability, that which cannot be spoken, is very different than that which cannot be experienced, and that which cannot be expressed through words can still be experienced through kinetic activity. The experience afforded by kinetic activity is not just introspective, however, but also strives to articulate the outside world that consciousness is both directed at and supported by. Looking to develop an intellectual discourse that captures this kinetic inflection point between the interior and exterior, Sakuta turns to phenomenology, the study of cognition, its embodied nature, and our experience of the physical world towards which cognition is directed. Yet for Sakuta, the study of phenomenology is not sufficient in itself to explain the deeply embodied states of consciousness reached in movement and dance. For this task, we need to turn to Buddhism, in particular, to the Zen tradition of Japan. Originally coming from China, the Zen form of Buddhism is a practice-based tradition that still uses text and language, but often valorizes practice over thinking meditation over textual study, and intuitive understanding over verbal articulation. For a Zen practitioner, much of the so-called truth that Buddhism is designed to uncover is beyond language in the first place, ineffable and open only to direct realization. In this sense, Zen advocates for a type of embodied enlightenment that does not focus solely on the transformation of intellectual life, but on the liberation of the full psychosomatic individual in all her different dimensions. Sakuta emphasizes to her reader that such perspectives from Zen Buddhism have been applied to a wide variety of disciplines in Euro-America, especially to somatic practices and dance. Part of the appeal of the Zen Buddhist perspective is its richness of first-person methodologies, where the experience of the practitioner acts as evidence for the investigation into the private states of minds that we all encounter. Sakuta's aspiration in this article is to combine such first-person methodologies with the third-person perspectives of neurobiology and philosophy of the mind to come at a more complete picture of human mental life. Key to the application of Zen Buddhism to somatic practices is the recognition that the former diverges from the latter in one notable aspect, the concept of the self. In the realm of dance theory, for example, the process of self-discovery is guided by a psychoanalytical notion of the holistic self which involves mining the deep unconscious world of emotions, imagination, and trauma that underpins and in large part shapes our conscious life. 
Revealing and coming to terms with this deep subconscious layer of ourselves in traditional dance therapies is thus a gradual and sometimes painful process of psychological self-understanding. In contrast, and as you might have anticipated, the Zen Buddhist notion of movement and self-discovery is premised on the notion of emptiness, the emptiness of a permanent self-substance. In place of this substance, the states of embodied consciousness achieved through kinetic activity are not means to uncover our subconscious selves, but as moments in themselves that reveal the transitory and fluid nature of personal existence, and thus the illusory nature of the self altogether. Such revelatory moments are not gradual, but sudden shocks of insight where one awakens to the emptiness of the self and dissolves the delusionary trifecta of mine, me, and I. In the way of illustrating the application of Zen modes of enlightenment to dance, Sakuta next turns to three movement practices influenced by Zen culture and philosophy, namely Nihonbuyo, Eastern Martial Arts, and Buto, which in their own way each try to recreate the states of embodied consciousness promoted in Zen Buddhism. Sakuta quotes a Japanese-American performer and ethnologist who says about the first of these three practices, Nihonbuyo, or Japanese traditional dance, that it deeply embraces the Zen Buddhist concept of mind-body unity. For when a student of Nihon Buyo is taught traditional choreographed pieces, they must not only mimic the movements, but inhabit the mind and emotions of the characters and, by default, of the past generations of performers from whom the pieces were inherited. In this way, each new performer stays true to the tradition while making the piece their own through a methodical mindfulness of the intricate gestures and dance moves, disciplining both their body and mind in the process. Reaching such a state is referred to as no mind or mushin in Japanese. Mushin is, in Sakuta's words, an effortless and fluid surreal state of being that is the result of mastering kinetic activities, including dance but also sport or even manual labor. This mushin or state of no mind is the height of embodied consciousness according to the paradigm of Nihon Buyo, capturing in its essence the spirit of Zen practice. Martial arts, too, captures the spirit of Zen practice, insofar as to train the body is to train the mind and vice versa. Indeed, for martial artists, the less conscious thought, the more eloquent and effective the execution of strikes and defensive postures. For when one has mastered a martial art, one thinks through the body and acts through the mind. In this sense, the two become one, or rather, the unity of body and mind that was always present becomes realized and operational, creating a kind of spontaneous action that invokes the full dimension of one's being. Turning from martial arts, Sakuta takes up a discussion of Buto, another form of Japanese dance influenced by Zen mentality. Developed during the 1960s, Buto dance is a politically inspired form of dance that tries to strip away the Western notions of the ideal body, ways of life, and Western aesthetics, contrasting such aesthetics with the empty or dead body that is liberated from all the trappings of modern life and consumer cravings. This empty body thus becomes a site for an intense, introspective probe of one's original, true nature without the conventions of a particular age or place.
The pursuit of the empty body, or rather, the act of emptying the body through Bhutto dance, resembles the idea of non-self found in Zen Buddhism, such that through an empty body, or Bhutto Tai, one can remove the barriers of ego and craving that prevent a full harmonizing between not only body and mind, but between the individual and the world around her. Improvisational in nature, Bhutto utilizes the idea of spontaneous, non-choreographed movements to train the practitioner to recognize even the most subtle of sensations and to develop an intuitive, non-reflexive awareness of the body that requires no conscious thought at all. In this sense, one becomes the body, or rather, the body and every subtle point of tension, pain, and pleasure consumes the self. What all three of these Japanese kinetic pursuits have in common is that the dancer is striving to dissolve not only the very distinction between mind and body, but the illusion of the permanent, non-changing self that is a product of this very distinction. For once the mind and body are separated, the body becomes my body and not your body, and this mind becomes my mind and not your mind. Hence, if this body is seen as mine, then everything outside it is not. The world as an entity is thus a world outside of the self, defined precisely by its position external to my hermetic being. But if we follow Sakuta's argument to its conclusion and adopt the no-mind of embodied forms of consciousness, the self becomes a type of existential movement. It is not an entity, but a process, a constant flow and continuous flux. Just as the Zen practitioner can only achieve embodied enlightenment through the recognition the intuitive realization of the substanceless substratum of non-self. In the same way, the dancer can only master the dance by melting into and becoming the movement itself. This act of melting and becoming is not achieved through conscious, rational thought, but is experienced through action, action that involves the embodied mind and the body immersed in the mental life of the practitioner. In this action, the concept of body-mind is no longer limited to individual existence, but is expanded to encompass the world as well. The trifecta of discrete entities discussed in this article then becomes the body-mind world in the singular, or more fundamentally, just the world. The true potential of dance, if I understand Sakuta correctly, is not just the achievement of embodied forms of consciousness, but in making the practitioner conscious of herself as world, as a world in constant motion. This episode of Footnotes was produced by Tony Scott with sound editing by Jesse Witte. 
The show's music is a recording of a religious ceremony featuring the song Shwebione Nuebione, performed by Master Chilimbo and his Natsang Ensemble from Yangon. It was recorded by Lorenzo Cherofonte, an ethnomusicologist from the School of Oriental and African Studies at the University of London. The Footnote series is created at the University of Toronto in Canada with support from eCampus Ontario.